welcome to the Best Band I Ever Played With podcast. This is a show about people who play live music, not people who are famous for doing it, and not always people who do it as their main job, but people who will play week in, week out, in pubs, in small venues, occasionally in people's basements. They'll do it wherever they can to whoever will listen, and normally for a very small amount of money and some warm cans of red stripe if they're lucky. Normally that would be me, but as I record, the COVID-19 pandemic has cancelled sort of everything, um, including my gigs. So I thought it would be good to take a little break and chat to people who have been playing live music for a while and see what they've learned. The guest for this episode is best known as the singer of the band Honey Glaze, who are a three-piece from London who, despite not being together for very long, have been gaining new fans all over the place. One of them being the singer-songwriter Kate Davis, who liked them so much that they were offered a fairly sweet gig to be her backing band for a now-cancelled European summer tour. In this conversation, we talk about what it's been like to go from being a smaller part of another band to being the focus of your own. We talk about the pitfalls involved in playing the live sets over Instagram Live that popped up during lockdown, and who the best band that she ever played with was. More from me at the end, but until then, enjoy this conversation with Anushka Sokolov. The way that I've started these so far has been just asking like, when the last time you played a gig was, and the idea has been it's like oh it's not been for ages because of the pandemic mm-hmm. but you played a gig last week yeah right? I, I played a gig when was it last thursday so really not that long ago but that was the first time we'd played in seven months and um we actually realized the other day that we we were not a band longer than we were a band because of lockdown if that makes sense so we were separated yeah. for seven months and we were only a band for like five months before lockdown, um, which is pretty crazy. But yeah. Yeah, that is crazy. I didn't realise that. Um, so what was what was that like though? Because, I mean, it was this, what, a socially distanced sit-down gig at the George Tavern. Yeah. So how, does, how did that work out? How many people got in there? It was actually really nice. It was, I think it was like 35, 40 which was more than we thought it would be. Like, when we were told... When I was talking to Fran about organising, like, the first gig back at the George, we were like, fuck, it's going to be, like, ten people. We were going to have to sit, like, two metres apart, like, spread out across the whole room. But, um, no, it's actually done really well. I'm really, like... I was really chuffed. Um, it, was, it was such a nice night. It was very, like, cosy. I quite, I quite enjoyed... I feel like our band works pretty well as a sit-down kind of thing. Whereas, like, if, you know, you're a kind of mosh, headbanging type band, I can imagine sit-down sit down gigs aren't perfect for you. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I think I've, I think I've seen you sitting down whilst... Yeah, I've, yeah, I, think I've I think I've watched you whilst I was sitting down. Yeah, probably. It, it, it was good. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Um, but you also had, like, when it first hit uh, with the lockdown, mm. 
um, that's when you first started seeing like an what seemed like an endless string of people doing uh, live oh, sets on Instagram. Yeah, God, I'm um, glad that's kind of over. Yeah. So, so you did... How, how many did you end up doing? Was I it think, just the one? Or? No, I did... I feel like I did two. Yeah, I did two. I think I did two. I did one for Hard of Hearing and I did one for Sour Club Records. They're both pretty much the same setup. Um, yeah, I'm. I just like never realised how hard it is to be like a vlogger. That was like what I was thinking about mainly. Um, yeah. Cause like talking to a camera. Like like it's awkward enough on stage when you've got an audience in front of you, and you have to be like, hey, um, you know. Uh, we're honey, like just really awkward, and then instead you're just doing it in a room on your own to your phone <laughs> oh I hated it really it wasn't good <laughs> I mean it, it's like the best you could do you know lots of people are like a lot more inventive than I was but yeah what was the best one of those that you saw do you reckon uh, I, I can't really remember many of them What was the best one? I feel like, actually, you know, the Farm Fest uh, thing that happened? That was done... I think that was really done well because it was live, but also it was in a really, like, condensed time. It was just, like, three days. There were always bands on, and then you could watch them back um, rather than, you know, like, one a day, like, once a week at seven and no one's really watching... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I th- I think that was, I I, I enjoyed that. Mm. Um, I was watching back through your set today, from Farm Fest, <laughs> um, which I thought was pretty nice. Um, Tim was doing the, the jokes, <laughs> cracking out the humour. Yeah, we we did two takes of that. So the first one we did the whole set, but we hadn't planned anything between, so it was just silence. And it was horrible and we had to stop halfway through and we were like we can't we can't do this it's just us playing songs and then looking around and being like next song so it's just <laughs> we were like we have to do something weird um even if it's really awkward because it's better than nothing <laughs> yeah no, i know i feel i remember feeling something similar even when it was just like an actual gig yeah. and there were people there but i remember um in the first couple of gigs that i played with rays um Aaron and Sam would have like fairly complicated lengthy like guitar tuning and guitar switching bits and it would just be like me standing with my bass and like yeah. and also didn't help that a lot of those gigs are not there'd be like seven people there. Yeah, <laughs> so, so just like me and like and seven you know, other like, people. Like four of the people right at the front so like you're you're right. How's it going? Um, yeah, I remember doing the same thing with Tugboat, but I kind of um, never really had to talk during Tugboat, which was, like, good for me because I'm really bad at stage banter, whereas Socks is really good at it, just, like, spewing whatever to fill the awkward silences. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a skill. Um, I 
think that I started to it sort of enjoy it, but then I mm-hmm. realised, like the last time I played a gig with Ray's, that Aaron and Sam had gotten quite quick. Our set had yeah. just now didn't actually have like these really long gaps, and just sort of realised that I was now just talking, but they were just standing there awkwardly. <laughs> Swap round, yeah. they were just waiting for you. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think they really liked it by the end, so, <laughs> so I stopped. Um, I think what I just get so subconscious. It, it, like, what I think is that I'd rather not say anything than say something and have, like, a terrible reaction, you know? Just, like, trying to be funny and then everyone's just silently staring at you and then you have to play a song. Like, that's, that's my worst nightmare. I remember we played a gig in Hull and... Um, like in the first little gap, um, we'd we'd eaten at this all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet in town earlier called Wings, um, and I just like leaned into the mic and like, oh yeah, we uh, just had a good meal at Wings, <laughs> big up Wings, all-you-can-eat buffet, and then this guy in like the most northern accent possible just went, fuck off. <laughs> Yeah, I've never been heckled, really. That's something I'm looking forward to. My first yeah, heckling. I feel like... I don't know, I feel like... I feel like unless you've, you ended up with a particularly badly booked gig... Yeah. That shouldn't happen, right? Yeah, that's true. When was the first time like you performed songs that you had written, would you say? Um, probably with Tugboat, really. Um, I don't really have any recollection. Maybe like at some like school concert or something, I was like forced to do some, I don't know, some sort of thing. But um, yeah, probably just Tugboat doing like the songs I'd write for them. Um, but yeah that seems to be the earliest i can think of of like of like singing and writing my own music um, but even then i don't know when i when i like did it with tugboat it didn't really feel like my thing i think i guess because it was like a collective tugboat version you did ball 44 uh and then little life and artificially off the next one which uh, everyone seems to think i'm a rain cloud you know pretty good tunes i th- i thought at the time and still think yeah um, i mean yeah they're pretty i'm i'm quite happy with those i mean i feel like songs you write when you're 16 you usually find quite cringy now but you know i think they're quite not to blow my own trumpet quite enjoy those songs <laughs> Yeah, I think I was just quite, like, shy with Tugboat, so I I guess... I mean, I only put, like, three songs that I wrote with them, so it's, like... Maybe I was just scrupulous with what I was giving them. I had to be, like, really happy with them, you know. Because I guess that allowed you then to gradually ease yourself into 
the point at which you are now mm-hmm. um getting the chance to play regularly in a band on stage um and you did that a lot like yeah in your time with tugboat captain like you seriously hit the road for a bit didn't you yeah it's kind of weird when i think about it like i did three tours with tugboat from when i was like i think the first one i must have been when i was 18 and like the first couple gigs i did i was 17 which is really young when i think about it like now um but yeah i I feel like i wasn't really thinking about it at the time it's just like something that was going on and now when i look back i'm just like oh my god i've been on like a tour it doesn't really feel like it didn't really feel like a big deal at the time but yeah (laughs) uh what did you what would you say that you learned from that experience don't play in talky um no i don't know i guess i learned i guess it was a good time it was really fun i mean i'm just like credit to socks for like booking the whole thing like that maybe that's what i've learned from it just as like don't organize it yourself because it's a bloody lot of hard work to organize a a full tour like a two-week tour oh my god something based off of your own work with you very much front and center um yeah i think when i left tugboat i was really like i don't want to do music for like Mm. a really long time i think i was just really like i just started art school so i was like i really want to just do art i don't want to think about doing music it's too much stress um and then yeah i feel like it was like a like about a year after i left i was like like i was going to gigs a lot of gigs and like meeting a lot of people who were like playing and I was like actually fuck like I haven't even thought about doing this kind of thing and like it looks so much fun like um yeah and then when was it it was just like um Brad knew I like had written music and stuff but wasn't doing anything and they were playing a gig his band he was like oh do you want to support and I was like like it was like in a week and I had to like figure out what I was going to do so I was like yeah I'm going to do it but what am I going to do <laughs> do it solo like ask tugboat like um yeah it's just lucky I just asked him and Yuri and that was like it <laughs> just stuck yeah so Honey Glaze uh as it currently stands is yourself um Yuri and Tim mm-hmm. The first thing that comes to mind is that Tim and Yuri are both really good musicians, aren't they? Yeah. I was like, I have a week to prepare. I need someone who's going to be able to, like, firstly want to, like, be into music enough to just be like, fuck it, yeah, I'll play a gig next week and learn, like, a whole set. 
Um, and obviously, I knew Yuri played drums, but I'd never seen him play. I've only seen him play bass in Living Island. And I knew he played drums, and I was like, do you want to do, do it? Like, you don't really seem to play drums much. Maybe that'll be fun for you. He was like, yeah, like, that'd be good. And then, obviously, I knew, like, Tim had helped me do stuff before. Um, and I was like, do you want to do it? Yeah, I was just, they're just like, they're so in tune with everything. It just makes it so much easier to, you know, we did like one, we did two practices before that gig and, you know, it was, it was, it felt pretty tight for a band that had like never played a gig before. I think I first saw you play uh, at a gig at the Windmill. Mm. It might have been the first one. Was it the first one? It might have been. It might have been, yeah. I, I don't <laughs> um, know. <laughs> I think it was. Um, like, it was a very coherent sound uh, sound to it. And um, I think it also just aesthetically speaking, three pieces are always yeah. very nice to look at. <laughs> I think it's just funny that, like... We never even planned to have a second gig. Honey Glaze as it is was just a one-off. Like, we were going to do that one gig for fun and, that, you know, that would be it. It just... We were just, you know, lucky, I guess. That it yeah. worked. But it's interesting to hear you say that you only did, like, two practices before that because mm. it felt like you had been doing that for a lot longer than just two practice sessions. Yeah, I don't know. I guess me and Tim had done stuff before, like, he's he'd heard a lot of the songs before. Yuri was literally, like, thrown in the deep end. He, I was just like, go and play drums. And he was like, OK. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's uh, difficult to think about, like, back then, what it was like. stage mm. holding an accordion oh, um and occasionally shaking a shaker what's that what's the switch been like from doing that to um being the main person mm. um i guess it's pretty nice really i don't want to like you know shit on tugboat because i had a great time but like i was never like doing what i wanted to do that i had very little musical input in in most of it which is fine like I wasn't trying to at the time but you know it it was it's a lot more like fulfilling you know people see what I make rather than what I'm kind of in the background of which is a nice feeling um yeah (laughs) was that a feeling that you knew that you wanted to feel more of beforehand or is it is that something that you've mm. like sort of felt grow as you've uh gone yeah i guess i guess it's just like with each like 
good gig, I enjoy it that bit more. You know, it's just like the the more I don't know how to phrase it. But it's just like it's like a little reward. It's just like that dopamine hit every time you finish a gig and you're really happy with it and it's like, yeah, that was that was really good. That's what I wanted. Um it just makes you want to do it more, I guess. It's like a, it's like addictive. <laughs> what was the gig that you've done so far where you've where is okay, is there a gig that you've done so far which you can pinpoint and go like that's the best that it's felt so far? Mm. I don't know. I was thinking about this earlier and I feel like it there's like there are gigs which I'm like that was a really fun night that we played and then there's like musically that was the best one. Like most usually it's not like hand in hand um musically i'm not sure maybe like our kate davis gig was very that was like musically the one we were i I was probably happiest with but i think that was just like because of the general atmosphere of like a, a bird on the wire gig it's like everyone's there and everyone's really quiet everyone's really attentive it's not like a windmill gig where you have like old men at the back chatting and like most of the people aren't there to see you um I think that was just like the most it where I felt the most appreciated just like between every song it's like completely silent everyone's like really wanting to hear the next one or like it feels like everyone really wants to hear the next song um yeah yeah Yeah, I mean it's good it's good to feel appreciated quite nice is that every time that I've seen a crowdfunder go up for a venue Mm. um, people have been quite willing to go like go and contribute yeah for sure which is it's nice nice to know that Um, really because I mean yeah we don't really know like what the landscape's gonna be um, when we can do it again yeah I I've already I already know of like at least three bands that like various people I know are in which have either split up or <laughs> have had people like um acrimoniously leave. Really? In the same way that I know about three couples yeah. who looked fairly solid in like February who have broken up yeah. during lockdown. So I don't know. It could be quite an who knows? Mm. Who knows who's going to be doing what and where? It is very, what? like, you have to adapt. I was going to say quickly, but, I mean, not quickly, because there's so much spare time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I feel like it's just, like, adapting to to what's happening as much yeah. as you can. Yeah. I feel like, um, I feel like you guys should be able to adapt to yeah, that. Yeah, I hope so. It's just Partly a shame. There's only three of you. <laughs> yeah. But like yeah. it's it's just like the whole thing, you know, um just like gigging around releases and stuff. I think that was like 
what we were most bummed out about because we we haven't released any music we have one song on spotify that's from 2018 and we have we're sitting on an ep and we're like well do we what do we do do we just release it with nothing like just online or do we try and like organize some gigs with like 30 people is it even worth it or do we like hold up do we wait do we wait and see if we can like do a tour that like you know we could be waiting like years at this point yeah yeah i mean that's a really crazy dilemma that do we join you... tiktok and become a tiktok band that's what i Re- want to know release the songs in 15 second increments maybe i'll just start only writing 15 second songs I mean, your songs aren't that long. Yeah, I wouldn't really anyway. have to. I just cut one verse and it'd be good. Yeah, <laughs> I th- I think you could do it. Maybe I we think should you're... rethink. Sokolov. Hey. You've played a bunch of gigs with the band Tugboat Captain. You've mm-hmm. played a bunch of gigs with your own band Honey Glaze. Mm-hmm. Um, who is the best band or not band that you've ever played with? Oh, okay. In terms of like just being good and being having a good time, just generally having a good time, it's going to be Lynx Africa. Or formerly Links Africa. I think he's called Links. I think they're called Links now. Just Links. Yeah. Um, the Af- the Africa has been dropped. Yeah. I think it was one of our maybe like our second or third gig. I think it was really small. There weren't many people there, but you know, such a such a good performer. Elliot is such a good performer. Like always has so much energy. Um, just really nice guy as well. Just yeah, I'm gonna say Lynx Africa. Lynx. Lynx. Yeah, I mean Lynx is fucking amazing. Mm. Um I remember finding out that that was Elliot Brett. Yeah. And just because I don't I don't know Elliot, uh, but I've seen him I saw him play before, like as just Elliot Brett. Yeah, I remember I think I made a poster when I like a long time ago with Tugboat. Um when he played as just Elliot Bratt. But it's getting, and, it's getting yeah. huge now. Link's getting huge. It's getting numbers, really man. Really big. I'm seeing people who, like, aren't from round here mm. post about Link's. I'm like, oh, damn it. It's, it's now in at least two of my echo chambers. Mm. But, yeah, I just remember thinking, it's like, no, that's not the same person. <laughs> It is very, like, I always love how straight after his gig he'll get changed back into just, like, like a shirt and jeans and, like, remove all the drag makeup and stuff. And, like, you would never think, like, these two people are, like, the same, which is really cool. I like I like that he has a very, like, outgoing... Not that he's not outgoing, 
but like you know it's a very different stage persona yeah i mean it, it's it's a very well cultivated um act isn't mm. it like i love it i think like the lyrics are so sharp it's just so um, funny just yeah it's just so really, funny the really dancing funny. is amazing the beats are great it's just there's i can't fault it really there's nothing i can say that's bad there's such good outfits like oh just love it like some of the beats on those tracks are so hard mm. Mm. like respect i think as a live show it's just i mean i've listened to a couple of the spotify tracks but just there's so much like personality and like it's just such a fun time i've i've seen them quite a few times i think in different places but it's always very good i really enjoyed the i tell you like that was that was someone who did well during lockdown i thought yeah in terms the of the, the online stuff that's and true the, like, that was very that, that was pretty entertaining um i think because it's just more than like someone playing a guitar you know it's a lot more yeah visual there's like there's like a whole stuff. there's like a world mm. that's been being built up mm. um which is really impressive uh heaven stamp um was were you there for heaven stamp i don't think i was that i don't think i was i had to um i I looked up heaven stamp Mm. but you go ahead and describe heaven stamp so heaven stamp are a two-piece from japan um so i think it is just guitar and a kick drum or some sort of drum that the guy plays and then there's a female singer. And when I saw them, I think there must have been about four of us in the room after one of our gigs at the Wimmore. And I've never seen anyone go for their set so much, so passionately to like four people. Like there must have been four or five max. Um, Yeah, it was just amazing. I mean, it was just bizarre as well. Yeah, I think I spoke to Tim, who booked the gig afterwards, and he was like, um, I think they were planning to play someone else, but but it fell through, and they asked him really last minute, and he was just like, yeah, fuck it. Like, just put them on, like, having no idea what they were like. Um, Yeah, great pop Japanese tunes uh, there's some great shit coming out of Japan and uh... <laughs> <laughs> shout, shout out to Japan shout out to Japan <laughs> <laughs> hope you enjoyed that conversation there with Anushka Sokolov of Honey Glaze if you want to check out more of Honey Glaze and I certainly hope you do uh, links are all in the description Um, it is worth mentioning that as I currently speak and that is October 2020 um, their recorded output is not particularly representative of what Honey Glaze currently sound like 
if you want a better idea of that watch their farm fest set link also in the description um they sound great some of those songs are absolutely fantastic and i cannot wait to hear them out properly um this podcast is recorded by me billy pratt i also did all the music in it um the cover arts by isaac gray if you liked it um why don't you give it a like maybe a comment you know say what you'd liked about it um hey why don't you pass it on to a friend as well share the love um but i mean no pressure you don't have to do any of that uh so until next time uh have a lovely day